we can figure out ways through the free market to create education platforms for students that are not controlled by the government and end up educating those students better, cheaper, exactly. more efficiently. Welcome to the Off-Grid Outpost podcast, where we discuss the journey to real liberty through self-sufficiency, counter-economics, non-aggression, and the agora. The Outpost represents the border between societal norm and the pioneer spirit. Every episode contains practical, philosophical, and technical information you can use to gain the freedom you deserve. Good morning, everyone. This is Regina with the Off-Grid Outpost podcast, and I am here with my co-host, Cyrus. Good morning. And today we are talking about how the public school system is failing to educate our children and how now is the time to take back control from the irrelevant government system. Woo, that was a mouthful. Yeah, you said a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of words that are very powerful in that statement. That's right. There's a a lot to unpack in that little bit. <laughs> there really is. Phew. So I felt empowered just saying it out loud, to be honest. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, for me, I really wish I had uh, either homeschooled my daughter or <clears throat> looked for an alternative form of education for her. She's 19 now, you know, and I don't even think the school system was nearly as pervasive as it is now, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. looking back, I realized, so she has a very high IQ, but she's an alternative style thinker and learner. So the mainstream system just really didn't work for her, but I didn't, I just didn't go that route of an alternative education. And I almost feel guilty for it, but you know, I'm not going to hold mm-hmm. myself hostage over it. Right. But, you know, I was a single working mom, and it's hard to uh, pursue alternative education um, back then. Yeah. As it was uh, very expensive and time-consuming, and I was working two jobs. So I think, But I think things have changed now, don't you think? I think so. That technology is such now that alternative education is much easier than it used to be. And we yeah. have the school closings. And parents had to figure out how to keep their kids on top of their homework, you know, because they shut the schools down and then said, your children are still responsible for keeping up. Yeah. And so a lot of these parents kind of went into a panic mode of, oh, crap. And we already see studies that show parents are, they're considering homeschooling next year. And yeah. Even if the schools open back up, a lot of people are considering not sending their kids back and finding other options. Well, the world has been turned on its head because of this, you know, pandemic breakout and things that did not seem possible even six, eight, 12 months ago are now opening the doors to huge possibilities. So one of those, you know, is education. And 10 years ago, the thought of homeschooling was, you know, it was an arduous task, but now it's like almost easier to homeschool or provide an alternative form of education because you've already got your kids sitting at home. Now you have to send them to a school system where they're having to wear masks. They're having to stay six feet apart and all of these very really diligent rules to where your child is probably going to be pretty unhappy about. Yeah. Yeah. Not only are they stringent, but they're just weird too. I mean, we don't have to get into that. We don't have to get into that in this episode about how weird all of these uh, government mandates are, but yeah, they're definitely not operating on common sense. I don't think. Yeah. Well, and as an agorist, it's an opportunity to, you know, I feel like this is a real shot for agorists to show mainstream that 
we can create systems outside of the government purview that are better than the public school system. We can, we can figure out ways through the free market to create education platforms for students that are not controlled by the government and end up educating those students better, cheaper, exactly. more efficiently. And, um, I mean, that's the whole idea of agorism to show people there's a better way. And I can envision, I mean, I can, in my own mind, I can, I can come up with different ideas of how it could be done, but I'm not an educator and this really isn't my specialty. You know, we're talking about this. Yeah. We're talking about this topic today, not because we know a lot about it, but because we just see the opportunity and it's really, uh, you know, a call to action to people who do know a lot about this topic to educators who are out there that I know there are educators out there that are sick of the public school system. I'd say most of them are totally jaded by the public school system. Yeah. My mother was an educator and she would have jumped at an opportunity like this because she was forever complaining about how the public school system was always tying her hands up she wasn't allowed to think outside the box and educate children at their level. She was always complaining about, well, I mean, that's not the episode to go into all of that, but I I just know there are other educators out there that wish they could do it a better way, but they're not allowed to because the public school system sucks, has, has too many rules on what they can and cannot do. Exactly. And the curriculum is getting really weird. So, you know, we're getting a lot of this transgender uh, curriculum, all genders curriculum, which to me, I personally find a little disturbing. And we're getting just some really strange uh, twisting of history. And things are just getting a little too mucky. In Uh, Common Core, I think is what it's called. Common Core. Like, luckily, I got my daughter through the majority of her schooling before this Common Core came out and all this weirdness came out. But it was it was really close. I mean, you know, I think that kind of started in the past decade or so. Maybe 2015 is when we really started seeing it. Um, But before I forget, I just want to send people to one of our episodes that explains what agorism is. And that episode is how to survive the failing economy by using counter economics. We talk a lot about agorism. So if you're wondering what that term means, essentially it's uh, creating an economy outside of the government. Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a simple little definition. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy, easy to swallow definition. (laughs) Yeah. One of the great things about this opportunity that we have to create these alternative educating systems is that it, it, it could be the free market. So when, you know, when we talk about this common core stuff and how mucky it seems and it's weird, I mean, there may be people out there that like it, you know, and there may fine. be people out there that are for it. So, so create that system and, you know, educate children that way. And then, but allow, for other styles of education too. And it's the free market. There needs to be a way we can opt out. You know, that's kind of our message through our whole uh, podcast is opting out. So why can't we opt out of a public school system that's teaching our kids crud that we don't agree with morally or any other way? Right. And when we say that, we're not taking a moral stance on anything other than to say, There should be choices. There should be options. And there isn't right now. Well, there is emerging options that have become more clear than ever before. Right. So this is a time that there's a crack in the system, a huge crack, a huge gap in the system where you can make that leap and say, you know what? I'm not sending my kid back to this crappy public school system. Yeah. And I'd like to rattle off a statistic. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Rattle off some statistics if that's what you were going to say. Well, I just wanted to say that um, there was a study done over 5,500 homeschool students, and 
On average, uh, the homeschool students achieved higher scores than their public counterparts by 30 to 37 percent in all subject areas. That was not, it did not matter your race, it did not matter, matter your background or the type of uh, homeschool styling. Just in general, kids performed 30 to 37 percent better from a homeschool environment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really big. Yeah, that is really big. So, you know, when you hear stuff like that, it's got to make you stop and think. You know, 30 to Mm -hmm. 37 percent better scores. Yeah, which, you know, what that tells me as an agorist is whatever the government standards are, whatever they're setting in place, that these are the standards we're teaching our students by, we should ignore them because obviously they're not as good as the alternative. Right. So let's just ignore them and not worry about them. Now, I know that that's that's hard uh, for some people to wrap their head around because, you know, we're, we're trained to be good law-abiding citizens, but yeah, especially if you have a child, you know, your child is smart, but your child doesn't do well in the public school system. I mean, there's a reason for it. It's because the public school system is a cookie, a cookie cutter system and your child doesn't fit in that mold. Exactly. And and your child is never going to get a good education from a system like that. You know, and some kids do fine. Some kids do great in the public school system. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, it's not for everyone, but they're forcing it to be for everyone. And that's not, yeah. that's not cool. No. Yeah. And, you know, to, to the educators out there, I mean, I can envision a lot of different ways that you could attempt this. I mean, let's let's just, for example, let's just say that um, you're an educator and you can take, let's say you live in a neighborhood where there's a lot of uh, student age kids that live in that neighborhood and you convince a number of those parents to let you educate their children at your house. Yeah. And let's say you get, um, let's say you get 10 students and you can meet with five of those students for the half first half of the day and five of those students on the second half of the day yeah the children have a shorter school day and you accomplish more because you're only dealing with 10 students at or five students at a time and so you've got five students for four hours you charge the parents 75 dollars a month uh, a week maybe or i don't know what you would do I don't know how you would charge, but yeah. I mean, if I'm a parent, figure it out. Yeah, yeah. If I'm a parent, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't have a hard time paying seventy five. Well, think bucks. about all the money that parents pay for daycare, mm-hmm. and how huge those costs are. And those kids are not getting really educated; they're just mm-hmm. getting babysat, you know, glorified right. babysitting. And parents are paying, you know, twelve hundred bucks a freaking month for that. Right. So if you were to offer something affordable, budget-friendly, with education on top of it, I mean, you could make a killing and you'd be helping parents. At the same time, it's a win-win. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure there are dozens of different ways to approach it. And Yeah, there's so many ways... You could uh, instill, you know, the whole counter-economic strategy. You don't even have to go that far if you're not into the counter-economic strategy, but you could set up your Mm -hmm. own side hustle, small business, make it your main business just to educate this wave of uh, children that are going to be homeschooled. So there are some some more uh, statistics I have here on um, what's going to be happening in the homeschool situation, it looks like there's going to be around 10 million new homeschoolers in 2021. Yeah. 10, 10 and that's million. Like last year, there it's was 4 million. Huge amount of children. Yeah. So 2021, 14 million new homeschoolers total. If there were 4 million last year and there's estimated to be 10 million new ones next year, 
There was only 4 million last year. So that's a 70% increase. Well, not 70%. What I'm talking about, that's a, that's a four, eight, that's a two and a half, two and a half, 250%. Yeah. 250%, 250% increase. Yeah. Holy moly. So it's huge. The number, I mean, parents, they're just, uh, they're fed up. They don't want to send their, they don't want to send their kids back. Well, first you know, off, this- we've got the COVID running around. All right. So mm-hmm. there's a level of fear there at the most basic level. The fear of if I send my kid back to school, are they going to come back with crud and pass it to grandma? You know? Yeah. I think that's the basis for a lot of people not wanting to send their kids back. Then you have all the silly rules and regulations that the COVID is, you know, putting on these kids. So you know your kid's going to be miserable having to wear a mask all day, having to social distance and all that bull crap. I mean, it's basically, it's going to be a prison system if you can't send your kid back to school. Yeah, well, in my opinion, it's already a day prison, but we don't. It have already to get into is that. a day prison. Imagine now with all the regu- all the COVID regulations. Sheesh. Yeah. Well, and add to that the idea that most people are not happy with the public school system. Most people complain about how it sucks. I think we and can so, all agree on that. <laughs> Very few people, yeah. unless you live in a nice, wealthy area where there's lots of money flowing into public school systems, I'd say the majority of public school systems are falling apart, dilapidated. Uh, the, the educators are jaded. They're getting a pittance uh, for what they're doing. Uh, it's like it's just deflated, you know? Yeah, so you add that with all the COVID stuff, and it's an easy decision for parents to say, you know, maybe I won't send my kid back. Yeah. So um, this is a great opportunity for us to really take our take the education of our children back into our own hands and make the public education irrelevant and a you know a thing of the past, a relic. Yeah. Something that we look back on and go, oh well, you know, that was a mistake. Well, 48% of parents say they may not send their children back to school, even if school is open. 40 That's half. Almost yeah. half of parents in our nation don't even want to send their kids back to school. So clearly yeah. the sentiment is to get away from government school system and just bring the education home or find an alternative education platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's up to us to develop that because there is nothing in place right now to support 10 million new homeschoolers. No, there's a gap there, I would say. There's a gap, which, which means there's an opportunity for people, uh, to make a difference, to make a real change in the ways our communities look at education. So we know that we have this gap between how many kids are going to be entering into an alternative or homeschooling environment versus the maybe physical resources we have for alternative educators in our community. So what are some, what are some solutions to this gap to where you can fill it immediately? Yeah, there are lots of online solutions. Yep. There are um, products online that you know you can buy curriculum. If you're a if you're a parent and want to start homeschooling, uh, but maybe you're concerned about you know curriculum and what do I teach and how do I teach it? There are curriculums that you can purchase. It's a big responsibility, and you want to have the best for your child. So, yeah. Going from leaving it all up, shoving it all off on the government, which we talk about a lot, just passing the buck to the government. Yeah. And then taking that power back and that freedom back, it also leaves you with a big responsibility. Um, We did find a curriculum that I think would fit a lot of lifestyles, and it's called the Ron Paul Curriculum. So I think we're all pretty familiar with Ron Paul. Yeah. 
What is what is his deal? Do you know much about his deal? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I mean, he is uh, straight up libertarian. Yeah, uh, which which is not quite an agorist, but pretty close. Um, most people who uh, migrate to the idea of agorism come from libertarianism. Yeah, and, and libertarianism is basically uh, less to no government. And more pro person, basically. Yeah, individual freedom and liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Paul has even talked about. Uh, I saw him in an interview saying that people should be able to opt out of being governed by their government, which is agorist. You mm-hmm. know, exactly. I was kind of surprised to hear a politician say that. Um, but uh, he's a big proponent of teaching economics in school, which we don't, um, teaching free market in school, which we don't. Yeah. And really, we he's don't. got I that. Mean, it's crazy. Yeah, to and me. he's got that in his curriculum. So, uh, yeah, you can pretty much, uh, homeschool your child, which is a 98% self-taught rate above grade three. So your level involvement through videos and they do all PDFs too. So there's no purchasing expensive textbooks, right? Your level of involvement will really kind of be up to you. Once you get your child to a certain level and you get them acclimated to the program, they can work through this curriculum fairly hands off. So if you're working from home, which many of you are and probably will never return back to an office, you can get yeah. your kids set up, get them on the program, go to your computer, do your deal, check in on your child, and they've set it up in a way that it's very it's it's very independence and liberty driven, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when we started talking about doing this episode, I thought the stuff we was we were going to find was going to be really expensive. And it turns oh. out it's super affordable. This is, I mean, I thought this was be in the thousands of dollars a year. And this thing is like 250 bucks a year for as many kids as you want to put on the program. And then you have to pay additional fees for taking tests. I want to say that's like the higher level tests, like your prep tests for college. So you're looking at a very affordable way to educate your children mostly hands off because that's that's what this program is promoting. They want your kids to be independent. Yeah. They want your kids to be to have a mastery on the foundations of liberty and there's actually a uh, a Q&A forum where the older students serve as tutors for the younger students. So it's almost like this autonomous learning system. Yeah, that's awesome. So you can get your kids to be independent, autonomously learning with a, a foundation of, of freedom and liberty and economics for 250 bucks a year. I mean, it's like, to me, this is like a no-brainer. Yeah, and that is just a perfect example of when we talk about how systems without government control are more efficient and cheaper. Yeah. I mean, what do we spend now per student on public education? I think it's like $11,000 a year, some stupid number like that. It's an insane amount of money for an inefficient system, which we've talked about what we talked about that and what is the state or unmasking the state episode. We really go into the inefficiencies of government and how they just waste money and just blow our taxpayer dollars out of their ass on crappy bureaucratic systems that are inefficient. <laughs> it promotes yeah. corruption, inefficiency, and uh, just really wasteful spending. Mm-hmm. It's like it was designed for that. You think, you know, you take something like the Ron Paul curriculum, which I think is a pretty good curriculum looking so far at it that I have. And of course, you know, you have to take the responsibility to look at it yourself and see what you think. There's other curriculums out there too, but you take something like the Ron Paul curriculum, $250 a year 
throw a few tests in there or something at buy supplies, maybe even pay for more than one program from different places. Mm-hmm. And you can spend, you can spend less than a thousand dollars a year to educate your kid better than the public school system is doing it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really, like you said, it's a no brainer. Well, and it was, I, I'm reading a testimonial here for the Ron Paul curriculum. So, uh, this woman was searching for inexpensive homeschool curriculum that requires minimal parental guidance. And yeah. she has tried several curricula, uh, and she has found that the Ron Paul curriculum reduced her, her requirement from several hours per day to just a few hours per week because the way it's built is for your child to become autonomously educated. Yeah. So there's a, you know, an example of how, yes, you can homeschool and also work your job. It is possible. Right. So I think that's a that's a pretty exciting resource. I'm glad we found it. Um, and it is it is anti Common Core. <laughs> yeah, it's based on more conservative values. So you're not going right. to get you know gender all gender stuff, which I think is a huge turnoff for a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. And yep. also, he also emphasizes history a lot too. Real history, not twisted history, which is what we're finding more and more in our history books are just getting all twisted up. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also, um, you've, you did some research and found some of these subscription, monthly subscription boxes for learning. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. There's some really cool stuff out there, like that are, uh, geared specifically to certain, uh, not subjects, but areas. So in addition to the, the Ron Paul curriculum. You can also look into these really cool uh, subscription boxes for learning, which would be like a kind of like a supplemental learning tool for your kids. So basically you sign up for a, a subscription, a monthly subscription. You get sent one project a month and it's geared to where your child is uh, having interest or a strong skill in. So for example, a creation crate here is a science and engineering type uh, subscription box where kids will learn online electronics, components, they'll learn things like how to make an FM tuner, how to make uh, lamps that change colors, just really like cool, fun science and engineering projects if your child is into that. Yeah, and I remember when I was young and in school, that was like the uh, that was the funnest part of school when we had little projects that we could do. You know, we weren't sitting around reading a book, but there was hands-on fun projects. Yeah. You know. Yeah, the hands-on fun projects are awesome. And then, you know, these projects they take longer than maybe a half a day or a day, I'd imagine, so you're You know, it comes in once a month and this is an ongoing project that you can sit down with your kid and spend quality time and learn. And you'll probably learn things as well. Right. And then they're enjoying it. It's breaking up a little bit of the monotony of homeschooling. Uh, Another one is uh, Green Kid Crafts. And they do uh, art and science stuff, more so on the creativity level. So Creation Crate is more techy. The Green Kids craft is more artsy, but you're still learning. Like, there's a very yeah. cool intro into electricity box, but it's all very colorful and simple. There's mm-hmm. a uh, a backyard science one where you learn about systems like sun and water and chlorophyll and things like that. More, But it's more artsy, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and the, and the idea of them is, you know, you know your kid. You know what your kid likes. Some kids are more artistic. Some kids are more uh, technical. And so you find these types of subscriptions that fit your kid, you know. Yeah. Really exciting. And then there's the uh, Think Outside Boxes, which are outdoor projects, kind of like... Uh, like 
like what the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts of America, you know, along that lines where you're outside doing outside projects, learning things about nature, uh, outdoor skills, things like that for the kids that are kids that like to be outside, you know? Yeah, it actually, and it also teaches a little bit of like a survival stuff. It's a little bit oh, yeah, on the yeah. prepping side. See, now as a kid, like that would be my box because I've always been the outdoors person. I was rarely indoors as a kid. I mean, it was crazy. Right. So, yeah. or it teaches your children and probably a little bit of yourself of like some survival skills and it, and it sends them actual like packs, you yeah. know, first aid packs and starting fire and, and that kind of stuff, which is really cool. Right on. Yeah. And that maybe your kid is a uh, more musical. So, you know, learnandmaster.com has different courses you can purchase for your kid to learn the guitar, learn the piano. They even have these uh, little packages that you can buy. Like if your kid doesn't own a guitar, you can buy the guitar and the amp and everything they would need, plus oh, the program, cool. which is you know, like 20 CDs or something. And I mean, just crazy comprehensive as far as if your kid wants to learn how to play the guitar or the piano. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, you basically build your, your home schooling system with your core, which we recommend the Ron Paul curriculum. There's plenty of curriculum out there, Mm -hmm. but that's just one that we found to be very effective and affordable. Then you build right. upon that to your extracurricular activities with a subscription box, maybe one or two a month. And I mean, that's like, you pretty much got your bases covered just doing that, let alone yeah. all of the other resources out there. And you can tailor the education of your child to fit your child, which is, you know, so important. And so much more valuable than what the public school system gives us. Yeah. I mean, that's not really happening in public school systems anymore. You know, luckily, when I was a kid, I, I had the orchestra. You know, that was still going. And I don't, I, I know a lot of school systems have cut out music and learning musical instruments, which is insane to me. Wow. I would have yeah. never imagined. Yeah. It was a big deal a few years ago. That they were just losing funding, and the instruments were too expensive, so they started cutting out a lot of art and music and extracurricular. And then it's just like, now school's just, it, it's becoming more and more prison-like. Every decade mm-hmm. seems to inch more and more to, like, a prison system. <laughs> right. Which is just crazy when you think about the amount of money that they spend per student. Just- well, being that the government is extremely inefficient and ineffective i'm sure so many dollars are just getting wasted on stupid stuff i can only imagine man so one big issue that people feel is a problem with the homeschooling situation is uh socializing your kids that if you Mm -hmm. homeschool a child you are isolating them from developing a social life and i can't help Mm -hmm. but feel like that's a bit of a myth. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily true because unless you're really like socially isolating your child in every other way, I don't know if a child needs that stuffing 1500 kids in a prison like facility socializing situation. Yeah. I'm not even sure there's any evidence that that's a good way to socialize children, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe the way we're doing it is not ideal to begin with, but I know that growing up, I was around other kids who were homeschooled. They didn't lack social skills in any way that I could tell. They weren't awkward socially. They were just like every other kid, near as I could tell. And I don't know what their homeschooling situations were, really, so I don't know what their parents were doing. But I just think that... uh, being social is kind of a natural state for human beings. I don't think it has to be taught. But if you're concerned about that, there are things that can be done. Definitely. Um, 
you know, I when I was young, I played so, I played sports, and I was in sports leagues, uh, baseball and soccer that had nothing to do with the school. It was completely independent. It was a completely independent league, and we would practice like two or three times a week. We had games on weekends. We went out of town for tournaments, and that was completely separate from the school. So, you know, we can build these organizations like everything else outside yeah. of the government's control. Private organizations to, for anything. Yeah, for anything. Yeah, we just have to take the responsibility on ourselves. Yeah, you could start a hiking group for kids in your neighborhood. Yeah. Take the kids hiking two or three times a week. You yeah. could do fishing trips. You could do, you could do, uh, uh, what do they call them? When you take the kids out of school to go on a trip? Field trips. Field trip. Yeah. <laughs> That's how long it's been since I've been involved in the school system. <laughs> you can organize uh, field trips. I feel like there's going to be little freedom cells of homeschool kids coming out of neighborhoods. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that would be a beautiful thing. I think that's where it needs to go. Yeah. So the parents need to take it on themselves, you know, so then you take turns. So you create, Mm -hmm. let's say you create this private little group in your neighborhood. You can organize it through some social medium or online platform like a Facebook group, or I'm sure there's, I think there's like Zoom groups, you know, Zoom is this big thing going on right now mm-hmm. for a meeting. And right. you basically just organize a schedule with active parents and everyone takes turns organizing a different sort of socializing event for their kids in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. That's an excellent idea. If you think about a kid who is homeschooled does not do schoolwork six hours a day. Yeah, a I mean, that's just kid a kid does schoolwork. Yeah, a homeschooled kid does schoolwork like two or three hours a day. Two or three really good, productive hours. And that's what we were kind of talking about before. Like, when a person goes to work and they work eight hours a day in an office, how many of those eight hours are really, like, productive, really? Yeah, where you're right. actually doing work, and then the other hours you're just literally twiddling your thumbs, collecting a paycheck. Yeah, I'd say three, four, maybe <laughs> four, three to four productive hours on average. I'm sure some days vary. Yeah, but I mean the the point of that is that those kids are going to have plenty of opportunities to socialize outside of those two or three or possibly four hours that they're doing their schoolwork, they got the rest of the day to go play with the other kids in the neighborhood, go do uh, whatever whatever parent has planned in an activity for that day, uh, go down to the community center and shoot some hoops or swim or whatever. They're, they're going to have more time to be social. And then, you know, the chances of being bullied drop by eons, possibly 100% yeah. bully-free, because now you are... Your, your children are able to discern who they can be around, whereas in the prison system, the prison school system, they're forced to be around people that pick on them. So yeah. you're eliminating adverse social events as well. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And then if you have a child who's more of a night owl, and their most productive hours are in the evening or night to get schoolwork done, now they can do it. Instead of sleeping through class all day and getting D's and F's because they're just a night owl naturally. Right. I mean, your kids get more of the freedom. You know, your kids get more of the control. Like, the the children are taking back control of their education in a sense. And therefore, they are learning better, faster. and, And they're developing their skills to succeed as an adult in a much more efficient way than stuffing them into an inefficient prison school system. Yeah, I think, you know, this is a a great opportunity. I I like that you called it a crack in the system earlier, because that's a perfect analogy of what this 
time is. There's a crack in the public education system, and we have an opportunity yeah. to fill it with something better. Fill it with something better. Take the opportunity. If it's not working, if it wasn't working before, I can guarantee you it's not working now <laughs> with the whole coronavirus BS going on. Yeah, it's not going to be any better when they go back. It's going to be worse. No, it's going to be worse. So take this opportunity now to like enrich your child's life and do an alternative form of schooling as opposed to just trying to fit a circle into a square peg or a square hole. <laughs> a square peg into a... <laughs> I know there's a saying. <laughs> yeah. Cramming a, uh, a round peg into a square hole. There, there it is. I know it was something like that. Or something like that. I think people are getting the meaning even if we're screwing it up badly. Yeah, I think people get it. People get it. So I'd like it, I'd like to talk about the opportunity on the other side of the fence uh, for people that can capitalize on this alternative schooling, homeschooling event that we're seeing. And you don't necessarily mm -hmm. have to be an educator, per se. Mm -hmm. You can be just an entre entrepreneurial spirited person that sees an opportunity to start your own business, start your own side hustle, get out of the nine to five system, set your own hours, set your own schedule, set your own pay and participate mm -hmm. in this, uh, phenomenon we're seeing. It's actually very exciting how you can tie this in. You could tie this in right now to counter economics so easily, like you're saying, this huge opportunity. Yeah. Well, think about it. If last year there were 4 million homeschoolers and next year there's estimated to be 14 million homeschoolers, that means the systems that are in place right now to accommodate 4 million are going to be woefully inadequate as far oh, yes. as being able to support that many homeschoolers. And so as that far means as there's local in person. Yeah, local in person. Yeah, uh, we're talking about supply and demand. Yeah. We're talking about supply and demand in such a way that the demand is going to outgrow the supply. Well, and so, you don't need to be an accredited teacher. So no. for example, you're really good at basketball. You're excellent at basketball. Maybe you played basketball throughout high school and college. You can set up a basketball course or a basketball camp in your neighborhood. Yeah. And yeah. devote, I don't know how many hours, 10, 20 hours a week, get paid by parents to teach kids basketball. And you do not need to have a four-year educational degree to do that. Yeah. Or even on a larger scale, actually start a, a basketball league, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I remember when I was in like soccer leagues, my mom had to pay, it was like $50 a season for me to play. Yeah. And, you know, you get, you get five to 10 basketball teams and these would be like little local neighborhoods who put together their own team and compete with other fairly local neighborhoods just like schools do it now just on a smaller scale yeah you uh you know you set up this league parents pay for their kids to be in the league and you know you you make money it just becomes a business a, a privatized sports league yeah you know so uh, I think it'd be wonderful. You, there's all yes. kinds of opportunities. I mean, it, it, it's a win -win. imagination is the limit. Well, another one would be gardening, teaching kids yeah. how to garden and grow food and be self-sufficient. And you could start a community garden and bring kids in and you can even go on a donation, you know please donate this amount to the community garden, or you can make it a fee. You know, it's the sky's yeah. the limit. You can structure it however you want. Right. Uh, there's another opportunity uh, for tutoring. I'm sure tutors are going to be high in demand. You don't need a degree to be a tutor. And no. you can make good money tutoring. Yeah. Music lessons I mean, would... if you're a musician. I mean, oh my gosh. This, I mean, the opportunities right now to meet this need locally wherever you're at is huge 
They're going to be massive, yeah. Yeah, for sure. How about uh, carpentry? How about the trades? Maybe parents realize now that, you know, getting a degree in English or liberal arts in college and paying $30,000 for that isn't a good idea. Maybe they want their kids to learn an actual hands-on skill. Yeah. And you just happen to be a very proficient carpenter. Or Mason, or Tyler. I mean, there's like a million ways. Anything you can do, and you can teach kids, you're looking at a golden opportunity right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's the free market. So if you do a good job, you'll have customers. Exactly. As opposed to just shoveling dollars into a broken school system to pay jaded teachers to teach our kids stuff that doesn't even really enrich their lives or you know not not in the way in which their hands are tied you know yeah uh, you're fit to be tied in the school system i mean it's just you know as we talk about it more and more i'm realizing more and more how uh messed up it is to force parents to force kids to go into a school system that is literally disintegrating in front of our eyes. It's gotten worse and worse over time. Yeah, not better. If your kid doesn't attend, you could go to you can go to jail for it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just, I don't know, it's really uh mind-boggling how they can set up a standard for our kids using really crappy methods like common core. You must teach your kids Common Core. Like, no, I don't need to teach my kids Common Core. I don't want my kids to know Common Core. I don't want my kids to use new math. The old math worked great. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, it goes back to choice. Maybe maybe you do like Common Core. Maybe, maybe all that stuff is really important to you and you think your kids should know it. Well, that's you should be able to have that choice. That, that should be an option for you. Yeah. But, too many times the public school system is used as a political tool, which, I mean, we don't even have to get into that, but... Yeah, it's pretty heavy duty right there. It is. It's politicized. Yeah. Ugh, it's regulated halfway to death. It's just, it's, it's just not really a good scene right now. So as a final note for people who do not have kids, you know, how can these people feel the passion for this uh, movement? How, how do yeah. people get involved that may necessarily, may have not necessarily seen themselves involved before? Yeah, so it, it's actually an opportunity for them because, first of all, we should all care about children. They are, they are our future and, you know, they will be taking care of us when we're older. So right, we should care point. about, we should care about the, uh, the quality of their upbringing um, and education. And if you don't have children, you can do that by finding little local programs that you can get behind, that you can believe in and support yeah. them in whatever way you can, donating money or donating time and volunteering. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Finding people who are trying to set up these systems outside of government for the benefit of children and support them. Yeah, support this cause, support this movement by volunteering volunteering dollars or volunteering yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And if if there's something you believe in that you can't find the program, you can't find anyone who is building this type of program. If you know, let's say you be, you really believe that uh performance art is an important part of society and nobody is creating anything like that for these homeschooled kids create it yourself yeah or or find other maybe you don't have time but you have money find other people who also believe in that and say hey i'll help fund this opportunity if you'll do it or you know just think outside the box raise money or raise money do a fundraiser do yeah a fundraiser yeah the, the idea is to take on the responsibility ourselves instead of asking government to do this for us. Yeah, because we don't need government to do it for us. Yes, we can do it better. 
we can always do it better. Exactly. I totally agree with that. Yeah, but in order to have that freedom, we also have to have take on that responsibility ourselves. With great freedom comes great responsibility. <laughs> I really right. like that saying. <laughs> right. Kind of pawn well, that. it's true. Yeah. It is true. It is true. Yeah, it'll be interesting to follow this topic and possibly get involved in this topic. We'd love to hear from our audience if they are doing steps towards this direction, whether they have kids and they're looking for alternatives or they don't have kids, but they're wanting to be a volunteer or setting up a business. We'd really love to hear some feedback on this. So you can send us an email to theoffgridoutpost.gmail.com or you can simply leave us a voicemail. There's a link in the show notes uh, to where you can leave us a voice message even. And we can, uh, we can develop this topic further. Yeah, I would, I would definitely love to hear from other people and I would like to be a part of it in some way. I mean, I'm, I'm not able to be a homeschooler. I mean, my kids are grown and gone, but I'm not able to be an educator for children or any of those kinds of things, but I'll find a way to put myself into the mix. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm interested in doing that. You know, I, I don't really know what shape or form it would take at this point, but yeah, if an opportunity arises, I might even do a little volunteering just because I believe in this so strongly, you know? Exactly. I didn't have the chance to really do this for my daughter per se. So maybe mm -hmm. I can help out a parent struggling through this crisis a little bit. Well, if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could leave a review on whatever platform you are listening. It helps us get found. Uh, we are also kicking off our YouTube channel, The Off-Grid Outpost. Uh, it'll still be in a podcast format. We are working on uh, video podcasting. Uh, check out theoffgridoutpost.com for more content and product recommendations. Uh, we also will have all the links to the online education platforms uh, in the show notes and at the website. And we hope to hear from you. Yeah, feedback on this topic specifically would be really awesome. Yeah, it really would. Cool. Well, this is Regina signing out and have a wonderful day. Talk to you all next time. Here's a little teaser for what's coming next week. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you go off grid, it's it can be very overwhelming to set up all of these systems. So this is an easy way to categorize and block out all the different facets of your life that you need to cover without feeling super overwhelmed. Thanks for listening to the Off Grid Outpost podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe so you can get all the new episodes. Thank you.